What's up, faders? I sincerely want to thank you for listening to Got Fitted Japan. For over 10 years, we've worked as hard as we can to provide an exciting and interesting audio experience for you to enjoy about Japanese culture, booze, our insane lifestyles, and the weekly bizarre news. As you know, we are soon approaching episode 600 and we plan to go at least another 600 episodes. But we could use your help on our journey. If you would like to support Got Fitted Japan directly, you can do the following. First, you can join our Patreon. On our Patreon, you will get unedited shows, bonus audio content, more stories, bonus shows, outtakes, and photos that are too hot for Instagram. Second, you can visit my site, thespiltink.com. At thespiltink.com, you can purchase original art that will make your walls the cat's meow. Arouse creativity, inspiration, motivation, enlightenment by hanging one of my paintings on your walls. And they also make wonderful gifts. And if you have something creative in mind, send me a message through our Got Fitted Japan Facebook page. I'm more than happy to support you and make your world more positive and creative. Thank you, faders, and without further ado, enjoy the show. Got Fitted Japan! What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan, and I am your host, Johnny. And faders, unfortunately, I am all by myself, just podcasting all by myself again. I know I've got a terrible voice, but it's true. I'm podcasting all by myself because my, my partners in crime, Tom and Jeremy, are out and about. But don't worry, they're not getting into trouble. Well, maybe they are. They're probably, okay, let's be honest. They're getting into trouble, but those guys are out and about, and they're making plans for episode number 600. Yes, feeders, we are going to finally have episode number 600. We were going to postpone it another month because we're in the middle of a dry lock. And our dry lock, for all you guys that don't understand or don't know, a dry lock is basically like, um, I don't know, Alex, what's a dry lock? A dry lock is, I don't know what a dry lock is. <laughs> what is a dry Well, lock? you're in the middle. Wait, you're in Japan, right? Oh, it's um, oh, it's a um, state of emergency, right? It's a state of emergency and it's where they forbid alcohol. Thus, dry lock, dry lockdown. So we're in the middle of a dry lock. And um, yes, Tom and Jeremy are making some big plans for next episode's Big number of 600. So this episode here is not episode 600. And feeders, 
as you know, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes booze Japan and the news, and we aim to impress. And so we are here with two dudes. We're here with me and my good friend, the man with the golden voice, Alexander Lawrence. And Alex, what number is this? This is episode number 599 point, your favorite seven. number. What's your favorite number? Number seven. Number, ooh, good number. I love the number seven. I love that, okay. 599.7. Okay, that's awesome. And episode number 600 is going to be our next episode. And I am really looking forward to that one. Alex, I'm really looking forward also to speaking with you, my man. Cheers, yeah. Kampai. Good to meet Cheers. you. And likewise, me too. Mm. And thank you for doing this very late night podcast with me. This oh. podcast is going to be very interesting because, Faders, we are going to dig deep into the Tokyo music scene with way a living legend in the Tokyo music scene. Um, Alex, all right, before we talk about who you are and what you do, I want to know who you are and what you do. <laughs> Tell us. Well, um, so I came to Japan about two years ago. And um, well, be before all of that, I, I lived in a very Japanese part of London. Um, and I was surrounded by Japanese people. My neighbors were Japanese. There was a Japanese school next to where I live. And so I've always been familiar with Japanese culture and Japanese language. So coming here to Japan, it, it almost didn't feel like a foreign country to me. And uh, they, so there wasn't much of a cultural adjustment. Um, but having said that, um, I would say that the availability of alcohol has been a blessing in this country because uh, as I explained off, off air to, to John that I used to live in Scotland and we had this 10 p.m. 10 a.m. rule where you couldn't purchase alcohol between those hours. And so coming to Japan where you have nomi hodais and alcohol, you can buy them konbinis open 24 hours a day and wow, this is great. So I, I used to just hang out with, with friends and just drink and um, play music. And um, that's when I met uh, a man called Mike DeYoung, who's uh, also a friend of uh, John. Mike DeYoung. Um, yeah, mad respect to that guy. We love him. The myth, the legend, Mike DeYoung, who he's a, a so, so I, I met him at this Dutch bar in uh, Kokobunji. And he was actually playing live and he was playing the mandolin and he yep. was playing rock tunes on the mandolin. And I thought that was pretty interesting because mandolin is usually like bluegrass music. And I thought that's that's quite interesting. And I had a word with him after the show and I said, Mike, that was that was amazing. You know, I, I'd love to connect with you. I'd, I'd love to play with you sometime. And uh, we well, we, we didn't actually play each other, play with each other um, until few months later but um it got to the point where he started showing up to the same bar and i started showing up we started talking more and more and he just said eventually alex do you want to warm up for our um next concert and uh you can play a few few tracks and then we'll you know we'll, we'll play afterwards and um the only condition mike gave me was that he said alex you've you've got to sing first so before that, I wasn't really like a confident singer. I, I used to always play stuff like in the background and play instrumentals. And 
So Mike was like, you, you got to sing, Alex. So I said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. So um, it got to the point where I came to that concert and um, I played basically four tracks. Four of them were kind of instrumentals. And then the last one, I, I just literally left the last one to, 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 as, a, as a singing track. And it was a, it's a John Frusciante song. And um, I'm a huge fan of John Frusciante. Who is it? Yeah, yeah right, right. Um, well, I, I'll tell the story after, but the, the, the reason why I got into guitar is because of John Frusciante. Um, and after I played, I was just pleasantly surprised that everyone was very receptive to what I was doing. And it's, it's just amazing feeling, you know, it's like, I, I can't really describe it, John. It's like um, when I'm performing, it's, it's almost like me and the guitar, the guitar is like an extension of my body. And I'm just like expressing myself in a, in a way that can't be described in words. It's, it's all audible. And then someone in the audience picks up on what I'm doing. And, and after I, I finish, they, they give me, they say, oh, Alex, I, I really loved what you're doing. They, they totally understood what I was communicating with them. Yeah, that, that feeling, I, I can't really describe in words, but it's what got me motivated to start this record. So I started writing um, December 2020, and it, it took me about a year of writing material. Every day I was writing things that came to my head. Um, like literally on my phone, I, I have I have like a whole list of like um, voice recordings of like melodies that just suddenly pop into my head. Cause I, I know if I don't record them, I, I would forget them. So like when I wake up in the morning, I just, sometimes I dream about melodies and, and um, certain lines of songs and I just, and I'm half asleep and I'm just recording them. Cause if I don't record them, I'd forget them five seconds later. And um you're a true artist, man. You've got the radar. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, 95% of them are trash, <laughs> I have to say. But there's 5% of them that that makes, they have something that I can I can work with. Wait, wait, and, you said 95%? Um, Dude, I'm a painter. For me, it's like 99. <laughs> 99% of those little doodles really suck, but it's that 1%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, uh, uh, as uh, you know, uh, well, I, I say to everyone, art is the same. It's it's all self-expression, you know, and, and and it's so therapeutic, especially in in these times during the pandemic when we only have ourselves. Um, and yeah, it, it's got me through this pandemic, you know, writing these songs. And here I am, and I've I've it's always been a dream of mine to write my own song and and to perform them on stage and. Yeah, I've, I've recently done that and I put out this record thanks to Mike and, you know, people who've supported me. Okay, um, you've answered half of my questions, but you've given me like, I think, a hundred new questions. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. that's so good. that's good. First off, thank you for that introduction. That was magnificent. That's like a movie trailer for Godzilla, dude. That was awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, okay. Um, all right. First off, your voice is amazing. You've got a killer voice, dude. And, um, when, when, uh, Justin asked me about you, he's like, Hey, do you know about Alexander Lawrence? And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, dude, you got to have him on your podcast. He's got a great voice. And I was like, really? I was like, well, can you give me some of his music? And he shot me some of your music, like the music video. And I was like, oh shit, this guy really can sing. 
So my first question to you is, did you take singing lessons or is this natural? Um, so uh, firstly, thank, thank you so much for, for the compliment. Um, well, you better thank Justin first. <laughs> <laughs> thank he, you, Justin. That guy, he, oh my God, Justin's awesome. And he had a lot of praise to say about you. He's like, dude, you haven't heard about Alexander? Jesus, you got to <laughs> know about Alexander. You got to get him on the show. You you don't have a show list. You get him on the show. It's like, okay, you know, relax. All right, come on. That's very kind of him. Yeah, I know. He's um, a great guy. I love Justin. I, I, I sort of find that, um, of, of course, like ev everyone has their own style of, of like singing and, and playing music. And I, I sort of found my own niche of, of singing because I, I know my limitations and my capabilities. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I didn't really have singing lessons, but I, I really, like I said before, I, I really, I'm a huge fan of John Frusciante. So I really try to pay attention to what he was doing, um, especially in his solo career uh, outside of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, everything was, what struck me the most about John Frusciante's music was that it, it felt very homemade because um, it, it's very, um, well, he, he did record most of it in his home, but it just felt like anyone could do what he does. It, it sounds really far-fetched to say that, but it just felt like I could do, I could do it. If he could do it, I could do it. And so I, I try to follow in his footsteps. And of course, I, I can't achieve what John Frusciante achieves, but I try to follow in what he was doing and especially in, in his singing style, because I know he was, he was highly influenced by, um, I, I forgot the name, uh, father and son. Um, yeah, I, I forgot the singer's name, but um, he was he was highly influenced by like 1970s, 1980s music, Bee Gees, um, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, Father and Son, would that be like the Jackson 5? Uh, Father's not, not, the manager though. The one that goes, uh, Wild World, who's the singer of the Wild World? Wild World? Yeah, Wild World, Wild World, I think. Um, you know what? I've Cat got Stevens. Google, huh? Cat Stevens, that's it. Oh, Cat Stevens. Oh, God. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It just came to me. Yeah. So, yeah, he's highly influenced by Cat's, Cat Stevens' singing style. And, um, yeah, so I, I try to follow that sort of way of singing. And um, he he's very into, like, very falsetto stuff. Like, if you, if you listen to his harmonies. And so, um, yeah, like, I try to follow... What he was doing by I, I didn't have any formal training or anything but wow okay wow i'm blown away i wish i could do that i wish i could just be like i want to sing pick up a microphone at karaoke and be like all by myself and just fucking nail it <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what you do man you've got a when i said the man with the golden voice i was not joking man I, I heard your new album and heard some of your last album and yeah it's really good really good um thank you, thank you. I know right now we can't perform live for, mm. well, I guess for the next three weeks, we can't perform live, but in the future, when you start performing live and performing on stage, um, are you going to perform only or do, are you going to sing only in English or will you also sing in Japanese? Cause some, mm. most bands that only speak English just sing in English and they just throw a couple of Japanese words out there just to kind of get the crowd moving and stuff. They're like, ah, suge. No one's like, Oh my God, he says suge. Yay. You know, or like, I mean, what is your tactic? If I was a singer, I'd do both. 
Oh yeah, I mean, um, so on on my solo record, um, the the opening t uh, track Six Days in Figaro actually has Japanese in it, and so the the last section of of the song, um, I say Aoni, which means to the blue, and it's referring to to the sea, and so I I, I do have one song that that has Japanese in it, but um, as for the future I, I don't know it's it's quite difficult for me to write in Japanese because I'm I, I feel more expressive in English because it's my native language mm -hmm. um, but perhaps in the future as as I improve my Japanese ability I, I might I might be able to but I, I do like Japanese music I um, I think there's a there's a lot to be to to learn from Japanese music because the, the thing I like in particular with Japanese music is that um, J-pop a lot of the J-pop songwriters are influenced by American musicians, uh, jazz musicians in particular. And uh, it's, it's this form of cultural exchange because uh, jazz, J-pop comes from American jazz and then it's influenced back to Japan. And then you see jazz music today, which is uh, some, of, some of which is actually influenced by Japanese uh, jazz musicians. So it's kind of going back to, to America. So it's it's this back and forth influence, and it's 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 very fascinating stuff. And uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of of Japanese music, and, but I I just wish I could I could write in Japanese, but I can't at the moment. Well, there's always katakana. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why go to kanji when there's katakana? Seriously. <laughs> Whenever I go to karaoke, I, I always like uh, there's an option on, on the button that uh, you can you can convert everything into katakana. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I do that all the time. I, I just can't follow. I can't follow hiragana or kanji. Oh, God. You know, when it comes to like, all right, when it comes to like Japanese, <clears throat> Hiragana and katakana, I got it down. No problem. But mm. am I a fast reader? No. For me, I dude, I, I've been in Japan for almost 20 years now, and I still read like a five-year-old kid. I'm like, suge onakosuita. Oh, he's really hungry. You know, it's just like <laughs> I, I'm the I same. And and I, I look at a lot of manga. So I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe oh, I know what it is. I'm always faded. <laughs> Uh, I drink every day. Come on. Atamamashiro. Atamamashiro. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, for everybody that doesn't understand Japanese out there, I just said my mind is blank. And that's going to be the phrase for today. Atamamashiro. My mind is white, which basically translates to my mind is blank. It's a Japanese idiom that translates pretty close to the English idiom. But I'm going to say a lot of Japanese idioms don't translate well. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get into the animal ones because they sound a little racist sometimes <laughs> You're like, uh, i don't think i can say that in any conversation anytime ever <laughs> mm. uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, japanese dad jokes oyaji gagu oh dude you're not gonna make fart noises are you <laughs> no 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 it, it, it's it's, it's a it's family more... show okay no i'm joking i'm joking it's okay <laughs> uh, i i I've I've seen a lot of Japanese comedies and yeah I I'm not a huge fan of them but I I know that uh, dad jokes in Japan are quite well they're received in the same way as as, as they they would in America and in Europe mm. uh, 
usually people just nod and say, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> but um, there, there was this one, um, the best dad joke I've, I've ever told in, in Japan, actually. And uh, I, I don't know if your listeners would would would, would catch on to it. Um, they but... might. They're fast. They're drunk, but they're fast. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you know? Uh, okay. So do you know Takashi Kitano? Um, no. Okay, okay. So uh, th- this is a um, Japanese director called Kitano Takeshi, and uh, he's 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 wild famous uh, in in Japan. And um, well, he's not so active these days, but he he made all these films. He's he's almost like the level of Kurosawa. Wait, is he like Takashi Miike? Uh, I'm not sure who Takashi Miike is, but oh god, see, I watch a lot of underground movies. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry maybe, to cut you off. Please continue. Sorry. No, 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 not not at all. Maybe he, he's um, associated with with Takeshi Miike. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I, I live next to Takao San, which is this mountain in 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 Tokyo. And um, wow. Okay. Cool. There, there, there is um, this kakigori shop in um, in this next to the station, and uh, they had all these photos of Kitano Takeshi. And uh, I, I said to the owner, or just just as a joke, because uh, because his name is Kitano Takeshi. I said, Ah, Takeshi Kitano, which Kitano means, did he come? <laughs> which is kind of like a a, a, a double entendre. And um, yeah, it didn't get the reaction that I, that I thought it would, because that was to me. I thought that was the best joke I've ever told in Japan, but. Um, no, he was just like, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and you, could hear, you could hear the, the tumbleweed blowing. <laughs> was it kind of like, dun, dun, yeah, yeah, the Japanese version of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we're not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in this climate culture, no way. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we, we don't, we don't want that. We got a lot of listeners that are woke, dude. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you can do anything you want in this show, dude. Anyway, wah, 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 pow, whatever you want to do, it's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, Dad jokes are awesome. Love dad jokes. Love Japanese underground movies. And if you want to talk about Japanese underground movies, oh, my God. You know what I just saw recently? Well, I saw it again recently. Forest of Love. Have you seen Forest of Love? Name rings a bell, but I, I, I'm not sure if I've seen that. Just watch Force of Love on Netflix. Now there's like a there's a drama, like a TV show, six series, and then there's a movie. Just watch the movie. You don't have to watch the drama. It's, it's extended, but it was the it's the most bizarre and horrific true story, gruesome Japanese horror movie I've seen in a long time. And it came out last year, and dude, it is so good. Oh man, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to see. It. I'd, I'd I'd love to. Forest of Love. Forest of Love. It sounds like a romance. I thought it was a romance. I was like, all right, let's get the family together and watch this movie. After five minutes, I'm like, put the kids to bed. (laughs) It does sound like a romance. (laughs) Oh, God. No, no, I don't have any kids, but holy smokes. All right. Speaking of romance, I love your new album. The new album is called Currently Offline. And I want to know about it because you recorded the whole album within the last like six months in isolation. Can you yes, tell us about yes. that? Oh yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, so um, I've I've recorded the entire thing in in my house in uh, isolation during the lockdown period, and um, I just 
it, it's always been a dream of mine to put out my own record because I, I live in Hachioji, Tokyo, and uh, we, we, we have like a couple of open mic nights, which I kind of tagged along to. And, you know, me being me I, at the time, I, I thought, you know, I just, I just wing it and play a few cover songs, you know, it's, it's kind of like karaoke, I, I thought. But then I end up showing up to the open mic night and like everyone's playing their own original tunes. And, and here's me just playing all these cover songs. And I thought, my God, these people are real artists. They're playing their own thing. Like, I want to do that. And um, so the, the, the girl I was with at the time, she said, you know, Alex, you've you got to do your own stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's like the next step if you want to be a true artist. So from there, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of pushed myself a bit because I've never actually written a song before that. And I didn't really have the confidence to do so, but I, I had a whole bunch of ideas, but I, I've never sort of put it together. It's it's a bit like, um, maybe you would know, John, it's like um, painting. You, you, you have these concepts in your mind, but you've, you've never really like formalized them in, in, on the canvas, you know? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's, it, it was a bit like that, you know, I, I've had ideas floating around, but I've never actually, you know, put it together as a, as a record. Um, and then it, it got to the point where I thought, you know, let's just do it. Let's just put out a record. Let's, let's write songs. So I started going to, um, uh, the park, the, the, the river near where I live and just sit by with a guitar and just take my notebook and just write anything that I think of just write. And, um, I did that every day for a year basically. And, um, I ended up narrowing it down to about 10 songs. And only four of them made it to the record. And um, yeah, it's basically about my life in Japan. The, um, I think the, the song that sort of strikes me um, as the most interesting is the, the second song, which is um, A Silent Siren, which is, it, it's actually about a ghost that falls in love with a human, but the human cannot see the ghost. So it's kind of like a forbidden love. And um, maybe it's it's a metaphor for like when you fall in love with someone, but they don't love you back. And you you and the person or there's another person that loves you, but you don't love them back. And it's kind of like this impossible situation. And um, so, yeah, I, I sort of wrote songs. I sort of toyed around themes and concepts like that. And and but yeah, at the bottom line, um, it's pretty much about my life in Japan so far. Um, life as a foreigner in during the lockdown period. And um, yeah, I, I ended up putting out four songs and so far I think it sounds nice. I couldn't agree more. It sounds fucking fantastic, dude. And first off, I had no idea that the concept was about a ghost that falls in love with a human Dude, that is some deep shit. Oh my god, that's that's kind of like the movie Ghost, but like it, it's not like they're already pre already in love, you know. But this is like a ghost is like walking around, and she's like, "Oh shit, this guy's pretty interesting." That's fantastic. 
holy smokes that's some deep stuff dude yeah that's great dude i would love to see the music video because there's one thing that you know how to do it seems like you're kind of new to the game and that's something that i didn't know i thought you were kind of i, I thought you've had i know you had a kind of a cd before this and this is your mm -hmm. second cd so i thought you've been around for a while but mm -hmm. um wow for you to have these kind of thoughts and these kind of songs and that kind of voice Dude, I think you've got a really bright future, not only in Japan, but I mean, you can pretty much go anywhere, dude. If you keep on doing what you're doing and working as hard as you're working, wow, dude, that's that's incredible. And I, I'm serious, man. I would love to see the music video for that. A ghost that falls in love with a person. Oh, man. Oh, usually, you know, you know, usually it's quite the opposite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. Um Actually, I'm I'm in talks with um, this guy uh, who I hope, fingers crossed, he he will shoot a music video with um, me or some actors, and we're thinking about doing this this summer. But um, yeah, we're, we're still in talks about a music video. We're, we're just deciding which song it might be that song. It might be a, another song. Um, but yeah, it's, it's things things are starting to get. You know, I'm starting to get the ball rolling basically, and. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, you're definitely getting the ball rolling. Um, I want to ask you about the song, uh, the music video, Six Days in Fugurara. Mm, mm. Now, that's a really beautiful, beautiful video. It's It reminds me of something from like the early, no, I would say the early, the early 2000s, late 1990s, you know? It, it kind of has that just soothing, chill kind of vibe to it where there's a guy kind of playing the guitar and there's a girl just walking through a field and stuff i mean back in the day music videos were just so simple and simple was good you know now music videos are just so complicated there's so much cg so much going on where you're mm -hmm. listening to the music you're watching the music video and you're like wait do these have, do these two things have anything in common i really don't think so you know <laughs> but but your music video does and i like that and stuff can you tell us about six days in Fukurara? Which is a difficult word to yeah. say, Fugurara. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I think it's, so. Um, yeah, six six days was. Yeah, it's uh, well. I I kind of was a bit deceptive, so it's it's not entirely about my time in in Japan. So six days in Figaro is about when I visited Los Angeles last year. So I had a chance to spend one week uh, in in Los Angeles and. It was it was this bizarre experience because I I saw um, extreme wealth and extreme poverty in in the same same place and I've I've never seen anything like that before and it just um, kind of shook my whole world view and um, I sp I spent most of my time just um, you know in in the taxi going to places places and um, trying to see as much of Los Angeles as, as I could but um, my my base was this place in Figueroa, which was um, the, the hotel that I, I was staying in. And um, the, the title was Six Days in Figueroa because that was the, the length of the, the time I stayed in Los Angeles. And um, yeah, so it, it's just basically an Englishman's experience in, in America for the first time. That's that's what the song is about. And, and the video was um, essentially trying to convey a sense of loneliness um, so the, the guy is sort of alone and he's, and he's always thinking of um, the person that he loves or the person that he aspires to be with. And um, 
we don't know if that's real or not, if that's just a fantasy, if, if that's what he's just imagining or daydreaming about. But um, yeah, it's, it's meant to capture that sense of loneliness. Maybe the, the, the feeling that I felt when I was in America, you know, being um, uh, culturally different, uh, even though we speak the la same language, it's, it's quite different from England. Um, for example, a lot of Americans said to me, Alex, what's your story? And maybe it's a Los Angeles thing, but they would always say, Alex, what's your story? And as, as a Brit, we, we would never, we would never say such thing. You know, it's usually the, the police who would say, what, what's your story? You know, we would hear that from the police. <laughs> Wait, well, what was your answer? You're like, I killed three people. I, it was an accident. <laughs> I was driving. It was my first time drinking. I was 12 years old. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't actually have an answer, so I, I was very nervous when whenever people said that, and it, it was it was interesting because it was it, it no matter who it was, you know, it was the bartender or the convenience shop worker or the the banker. It's it's everyone would say the same thing. What's your story? And so I I I didn't know what my answer was because I didn't I didn't know what my story was. So I started questioning myself. You know, who am I? What is my story? What is what is my place in life? And maybe that was the genesis of that song, Six Days in Figueroa. Well, you know, I mean, the 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 hysteria of confusion leads to art, as they say. Mm -hmm. So I guess basically that that weird question for you was something that led to a beautiful song. Yes, 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 right, right. And um, it, it definitely it inspired me. It was Los Angeles is such a creative hub full of so many creative people. And yeah, it, it, that's debatable. I was, I was very. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in San Francisco, man. We got this rivalry thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yes. I'd, I'd love to go to San Francisco, the, the Bay Area. So I, I didn't get a chance that, that time. But yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to go to Los uh, San Francisco. Oh, Frisco's great. Uh, I haven't been there since 2012, I think. But uh, yeah, I lived there for seven years before I came to Japan. And uh, when I lived there in the 90s, it was magnificent. Um, <clears throat> I hear quite the opposite these days, but I'm just hoping that everybody that, that I know that lives there is a, a complete liar. <laughs> so I had a great time there. I loved it, man. Oh, God. Uh, use dim sum yum yum. Oh, best Chinese restaurant ever in Chinatown. Oh my gosh. A dollar will get you $10 of food. Oh, so great. Well, that, I mean, that's the great thing about America, especially in, in the, the West Coast is that you have all this shared culture between uh, like Asian Americans, Japanese, Korean, Chinese people, and Hispanics, um, all living in, in close proximity to each other. And it's, it's, it's just so uh, inspirational. I've, I've never seen anything like that before. And just uh, that's that's one thing that I really loved about America. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuban. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. If you're going to get your fit on, you got to get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing. 
comes in the lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Proper. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. In your opinion, what is the future of music in Japan after Hmm. COVID? Oh, um, yeah, I, it's, it's quite an interesting one because a lot of musicians have shifted to like these online concerts, mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of the indie musicians, they've, they're, they're throwing all these um, online tickets, which, which I think is quite steep, to be honest, they're, they're selling them for the right, almost Nisen N, uh, 2000 yen, which, which I, th- I think is a bit steep for an online concert. I agree. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think we're going to see more of that um, after the pandemic. We're going to see more online concerts, uh, people doing things more virtually. Um, but at the same time, I think we're going to get this initial influx of, of people who's, who's been waiting for these um, uh, live music and uh, festivals to resume, uh, which me included, you know, I've I haven't been to any uh, music festivals in Japan so far. I've, I really want to go to Fuji, Fuji Rock. I think it's called Fuji Rock Summer Fuji Sonic. Rock, yeah, 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 yeah. Sonic Fuji Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like we're going to see a huge influx of of um, uh, music uh, enthusiasts go to these uh, concerts. And well, as for the uh, as for the future of music in Japan, I, I just feel that. Japanese music is quite special because unlike Korean pop music and uh, Chinese pop music, which is very international, they have all these uh, American, uh, European songwriters. Japanese music is very Japanese. You know, it's, it's, it's catered for the Japanese market. So um, I think whatever happens in America or Europe, it won't really have influenced Japan so much as it would in 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 uh, Korea, um, but there is a lot more um, international interest in Korean pop music than than in Japan. I, I think, yeah. Interesting, very interesting. All right, my last question is this: in your bio, it says that your music is influenced by Japanese music, U.S. music, U.K. music, and Swedish music. Mm-hmm. I understand Japan, 
US, UK, but I do not understand the Swedish music inspiration at all. <laughs> Can you elaborate <laughs> a little bit on that? Like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Then I listened to your CD, the four tracks on YouTube again. I was like, wait, where does he get this? Sweet? I love Sweden. I've been to Sweden. I lived in Sweden. for No, I didn't live there. I stayed there extensively for, for a little bit, but it's just like, I didn't get any Swedish music vibe at all. So you got to tell me, mm. where did that come from? Um, okay, maybe I should rewind, rewind a bit back. Um, so the, the reason I, I got into music um, was when I was in high school. And so I, I started um, going to these um, uh, talent shows in, in my school. And uh, there was this group of um, really cool seniors who used to play the guitar. And I thought, wow, that's, that's really great. I want to do what they're doing and so I said to my uh, music teacher one day that I want to pick up the guitar and I, I didn't know how to play a goddamn thing you know I was just, just strumming every note I, I could find and um, so my the feedback that I got was you know he said all right that's that's very nice Alex you know but you know next time try try and play some notes and I, I, I felt like quite um uh, humiliated by what he said because I, I thought I, I am playing notes but maybe it's not the right notes that he expected but I thought you know I, I'll show him so uh, I said to my parents that same day that I, I want to get a guitar I want to play a guitar I want to show this guy that I can do um, I can do better so the next day uh, my my mum was um, kind of slightly late home to uh, to home and uh, I called her and I said where are you and she said oh Alex I'm, I'm buying a guitar for you I said really Good mom <laughs> and she said yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised I was just I didn't think she would actually do that and she said you know Alex um, I think you're going to need lessons since you're going to get a guitar and um, so she got, she got me the whole thing basically and um, essentially uh, I, I started um, listening to more music and we, we had this show on TV in, in the UK called Kerrang, which is this rock music uh, show. It's basically like MTV, but just for rock music. And, the, you know, I, I was born in 92, but I, I didn't really pay attention to rock music until I was like in my teens. And um, there was this guy with this like quite goofy sort of hat and this green guitar in this music video. And he started playing this tune and I, I was I was mind blown by it because it was um, well it was it was actually under the bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers and oh wow and uh, everyone knows that that opening riff with the din 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 and um, that that sort of arpeggio that he's he's playing and I was like wow in my mind it it sounded like two or three people playing the guitar it it didn't compute to my um, to my mind that it was just one person and I thought I I want to do exactly what he's doing so. Yeah, I spent most of my years, I've been playing guitar for almost 20 years now, and I've just been following that guy, John Frusciante, for 20 years, trying to emulate what he does. Yeah. And um, and then it got me to Swedish music, which um, most of my favorite artists was like ABBA, Jens Lechman, the Cardigans. And the, the way that they write music is quite 
different from the UK, I think, because it's it's quite heavily focused on the storytelling tell, element rather than melody and, and the, the chords of the riffs. You know, American music seems to be sort of focused on the riffs. European music seems to be focused on melody more. Uh, but Swedish music, the, the sort of storytelling element seems to be quite important. And uh, so I, I really um, was influenced by that portion of songwriting. And um, yeah, that's, that's why I was interested in Swedish music. Interesting. All right, cool. Now it makes sense. <laughs> now it all comes together. And actually, I had no idea that you played the guitar for 20 years. So yep. that's pretty awesome, man. All right. What kind of guitar do you play? Uh, Fender Strats. Fender Strat. Ooh, Jimi Hendrix guitar. You can't go yes. wrong with that one. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty awesome. All right, dude, Alex. I got to say, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. And then after we take the break, we're going to come back and we're going to do the news. But before we do that, what I really want you to do is I want you to plug anything and everything that you got. I know it's a lockdown and we have, there's no way we can have any shows legally. And, um, but if you got a CD, I don't that people can buy. If you got like music videos where people can like hear it and stuff and see it, please tell us now. All the plugs you can give, drop them now. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you, uh, John. So um, if you go to linktr.ee slash Alex Lawrence, and that's Lawrence with L-A-U rather than L-A-W, um, you can find all of my, my stuff, which is on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. So all of my links are in there. So it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R uh, dot E-E slash Alex Lawrence. Fantastic. And actually that link is going to be in the show notes. So we're going to drop that there. So faders, when you listen to this episode, stop right now, just like stop it. And then be even before you hear our sponsors, but you should definitely listen to our sponsors, go down, click on that and buy him, support him, get everything about him. Take him for yourselves. <laughs> listen to his music. Um, My God, I, I got to say, man, Alex, your voice is amazing. You've got an amazing voice. I'm, I'm still kind of floored that you didn't take any kind of music lessons, lessons or wait, did you take guitar lessons? Um, So I, I kind of had guitar lessons for about a month or two, but I, I decided to do everything on my own after that. Jesus, the guy is self-taught. This is insane. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the, the guy's a natural. His voice is a natural. His guitar playing is a natural. So definitely go there, check this guy out, support him, buy his merch. When In the future, when you come to Japan or well, basically if he goes on tour in the future to your country, check him out. This guy's incredible. Alex, thank you. And on that note, let's take a little break. Are you in Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. 
The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each and they're worth so much more. These, are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct Mitsuya link to Lickers. the Spilled Inks Etsy yeah, shop. What's up, go there, if shop you're in away, Asia, support the Japan, show, because if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, and put it down art too. So faders, without Mitsuya further ado, Lickers. enjoy the show. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. All by myself. I'm just podcasting. All by myself again. All by myself. Oh man, faders, it is the very next day, and yes, I am podcasting all by myself. Um, gosh, happy hangovers for all, by the way. Oh my god, is my head killing me. That's the last time I mix wine with shochu and shochu with, what was that? Uh, highballs. Oh my gosh. Whiskey sodas. <laughs> Not a good combination, but I got to say, last night was a lot of fun. Um, Holy smokes. Um, I want to say thank you very much, Alex, for being on the show. Um, if you're listening, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. It was marvelous meeting you and hanging out with you, man. And you definitely have a golden voice. Me, I'm more of a silver bronze-ish kind of guy. If this is the Olympics, you win. But I come in second place or maybe third. <laughs> oh, man, faders. Um, on that note, uh, yes, uh, we did record the news. We had the news. We covered five stories, the top five wacky, bizarre stories that happened here in Japan. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, there was a little problem with the sound. And I am not a sound engineer. I'm not the sound guy. I don't know anything about sound. And uh, yeah, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what the problem is. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put that on Patreon. So it's, well, here we go. It's just another reason why you got to sign up for Patreon. Because all the outtakes, all the mess ups, all the bonus stuff is on Patreon. It costs you $5. $5. That's like buying us a beer <sighs> every month. Oh, my gosh. I should have drank beer last night. Oh, my God. My my pounding hangover. <laughs> Buy the ticket, take the ride. That's what they say. Anyway, faders, 
Thank you very much for listening to this very special episode of Got Fit of Japan. And a very special thank you to Alexander for being on the show last night. And, um, faders, yes, as I said, we've got Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon. Go down to the show notes. It's right there. Click on it. Give us your money. And you get all the goodies. The keys to the city. Okay, and if you don't have a lot of money, don't worry. We completely understand. We don't have money either, so it's all good. But if you do want to support the show... On the free tip, you can go down to iTunes and give us a five-star review. That's right. Give us a five-star review. If you want to do something really groovy, write something groovy. That would be so awesome. Thank you. And um, if you are if you want more content <laughs> and you don't have any money, yes, we do have a Facebook and we do have an Instagram. Go check it out. It's down in the show notes. Uh, support us. Like all the stuff there. Um, it's being updated daily. Tom mostly takes care of the Facebook. I take care of the Instagram, but they kind of go back and forth. They're a little different. Anyway, um, yeah, on that note, Faders, once again, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me. Oh, bye-bye, again. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, speaking of the flip side, next episode is 600, and it is going to be incredible. We've got so much going on for 600. It is going to be an animal house on the internet. And on that note, peace.
her a goddamn shit so convince her. Well, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.